Imagine a conscious contact with God so strong that no matter what you are doing or not doing, that no matter what your kids are up to or not up to, and that whether you've got the person of your dreams or they're just not cooperating, that you are happy, content, and at peace. A space where everyone else's thoughts, attitudes, and actions are beautiful and exactly as they are supposed to be. Well, this is the space where I like to play. My name is Misha Z, and this is today's Bitch Slap. Join me as I shed light on the thoughts, actions, and attitudes that are causing you pain, and we train our minds to go to the capital S inner self, the joy that is waiting for us, the God within. Janice B. Mulligan, welcome to the Bitch Slap Podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Glad to be here, I think. We'll see how that goes, right? Right, here we go. Ask me in a while. Yes, the that's right. The the adventure continues. Um so you asked me how I was, and I'm gonna tell you how I am. Um, and uh first off, amazing short answer, right? Connected to source, just feeling the um you know, God's consciousness bubbling, you know, and, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Absolutely. So this morning, I'm, my routine in the morning is get up, do some prayer. I do a pretty serious meditation, like an hour long. I, I'm committed to, so pray, meditate. And then I'm like, all right, let's prep for Janice's interview. And um, I, you emailed me a link to Ignite Happiness, right? Yes. Which you have a story in there. I do. Yes. Beautiful story, by the way. So I'm like, all right. So I find the page. I start reading the story and uh, I'm struck instantly by your quote to start it. If you're stuck in all you've ever known, and are terrified of what you don't, maybe it's time to change. Not just one thing, but everything. You can always come back to where you're at, which I freaking love that. You can Absolutely. always come back to where you're at. But what if there's a way of life unlike anything you've ever known? What if on the other side of that leap, there's a way to live unlike anything you've ever dreamed possible. And I just, you know, that leap, that life leap. And I think for you and me, it was very specific, the bitch slaps in our lives, those moments of where we're cracked on the side of the head. And for us, chemical dependency, let's call it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Spiritual sickness and, yeah. and uh, you know, um, not having any kind of a source except for one that comes in a bottle or in some other form, you know? Yeah. What struck me about reading that this morning, and, um, and I'm not done, there's a little bit more to that quote, but was just historically, I would have applied that to sort of the first for me in my teen years, you know, I got to kick alcohol and drugs. So you know, that story is that 
intro was poignant there. And then it was gambling in my 20s. And then it's like insert dependency here, okay. right? And I think that that's, that's what struck me so much. I was like, oh my gosh, this is applicable to everybody. Everything and, and surrendering whatever it is, those, those things that, that bind us, that, um, that just aren't working anymore. Honestly, it's like coming into, you know, uh, chemical dependency was one thing, but I've had to surrender many things in, in the years, you know, ahead and, and noticing those key moments where all of a sudden you are standing at that crossroad and it's just not working anymore. And it's terrifying because we don't oh, know what's on God. the other end. Yep. But looking at all of those bitch slaps or all of the outcomes of those moments in our past and knowing that, well, my higher power did this. So why would he not, why would he not be standing right here right now with me? Yeah. So give me a couple of examples. Well, um, you know, for me, I've, I've struggled, uh, I've had struggles with food, you know, okay. and, uh, and, and just, you know, old, ta old tapes just playing in my head my mm. entire life, you know, you're, you're too fat, you're not, you know, you're not this, you shouldn't eat that, it's mm. going to do this. And, mm. and it's these old tapes that play and play and play and, and you have to eat. You and get, uh, you have to eat, right? You got to eat. Because <laughs> if you don't eat, your brain isn't working and then you're even crazier. Yeah. But I've dabbled in the, the field of not eating, of trying to control what goes in and what comes out. And, mm. and that's a whole insanity in itself. And when mm. I'm dabbling in that, my higher power is gone. Like he, he can't reach me. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do, do, so do you feel like as far as... Uh, a go-to way to indulge in, uh, in the self, right? Because I, I don't know that. Do you think that's pretty much like free for the moment for you? Oh, definitely. But it, it's taken a, a long time. It's, you know, like you were talking about, I call them God shots in those moments where um, uh, it was just October of 2020, where for me, um, I, you know, I'm 49 years old mm. and it took all the way up until 49 that I can tell you that today, um, I'm neutral to food. Mm. Um, and, and it's something, you know, where I know that I didn't do it. Mm. I know that I continued to take the steps and I would go two steps forward, three steps back. Mm. And, uh, but having that moment where I, somehow, some way, something has been removed as other things in my life have been completely removed and I just need to stay connected. You know, mm -hmm. like you were saying that morning routine, I have a morning routine. Um, I spend quiet time with, with God, you mm -hmm. know, I call my source God and mm -hmm. we have coffee together every single morning. God bless. It's the I most important thing I do. And if that's all I do all day is just wake up, have coffee with God and just that's it. Then it's a great day. Yeah, it's beautiful. Let me, um, oh, what were you going to say? You said something very poignant already that that was removed for you. I think for me, so much of my life as I've had a propensity or a habit of as I've shed these habits to take credit almost. And I don't know if you ever experienced that, but in my advanced 
uh, age now, <laughs> it's very clear to me that it's not as the result of me. It truly is being lifted from me almost in spite of my best efforts sometimes. You know, it's, um, I had this, this thought the other day and I was talking to my husband because I don't think that for, for someone like me who, who, uh, who can, who can stray easily Mm -hmm. that, uh, for me, I've accepted that, that God's never my higher power source, whatever you want to call it. He's not Mm going to, he's not just going to give it all to me at once Yeah. because if it was all given to me at once, I wouldn't need him. Right. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be dedicated. Like I may stray, you know? So, Mm. so it's all of that where I've had this epiphany that it's, it's like, you know, my bank account isn't going to be so massive that I don't have to work and continue to rely and trust on him. Mm. My, all of that, my kids aren't going to be so amazing that, you know, like, we're just going to say, we don't have to raise them anymore. You know, (laughs) we're freed of our responsibility. Right. There's there's challenges that are going to come and, and the power lies in my trust in him and, and relying on that source. I, I never, it's been there my entire life, mm. but I had walked away with, I had walked away from it a long time ago. Mm. Janice, I just want to tell you that I love you and I think you are amazing. And I've known you for, on the periphery, right? We've perhaps said hi over the 13 years. When I saw the Facebook post that you had a book coming out, I was like, I have to get Janice on the podcast just because you know the transformation that you've embraced just the passion that you bring you're um you're so dedicated to community which just is magical to me and um thank you yeah and uh to see your you have this energy right would we say that definitely there's okay there's, there's something going on and uh <laughs> and it's not it's not me right it's yes. just that it's uh I, and i don't think i don't know i just um i was i was talking to a friend today and and sometimes people tell me often you just need to get help you need to stop doing so much and yeah. and honestly I mean, you seem like a doer, a mover and a shaker. It's, you know, my comment to them is to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. And I just really feel in my heart of hearts, whatever it looks like that, that, you know, this is my job. This is, this is my purpose. And, you know, being on this podcast is, Mm. I don't know where it's going. I'm not a podcast person. Yes, yes. (laughs) You're oh, like, I'm yeah, willing. Let's I'm jump right in here, the fray. You know, yeah. And show up and see what, what my higher power's reasoning is. Like, because this really isn't, I can get in the way, but it's not, it's not about me. Yeah. Thank you for that. I um I think it's beautiful to see you stepping into the well you were a marine so how would that be you're stepping into the what is it what do you call that the valley what there's a term stepping into what is it you know the combat zone yeah something (laughs) yes you're like 
You're like, I'm, I'm in. in the I'm, line of fire. I you're mean, in the line of fire. There we go. Here, you know? so God bless you. Um, I just think it's so beautiful that the way that source God, call it what you will, is giving you a channel for your expression and you are charging. So God bless you. Um, this morning I prayed, meditated, and then I read in Ignite Happiness, your story. It's about four or five pages. And I just want to tell you that I was sobbing. I mean, it was profound for me. And, uh, you know, there was the suicides that were around you. And the way that you so eloquently said, hey, I had this moment of awareness that I'm, I am these teenagers that are killing themselves. I'm just perhaps taking a little longer route, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, but I guess really my question around that is, because I was thinking, I was like, was I just so connected to source in the moment that like it was so impactful for me or clearly, or, or do you find that people resonate with the way you tell these stories? Well, I mean, I, I think that today I see that people resonate with that. Never would I imagined or have thought that, that it would connect me, but it absolutely connects me with others. Um, you know, I don't have to sit and, and live in the, the, the pity and the sadness of like an, a completely awful situation. You know, I know that there's a purpose and I also know that, that I'm no different, you know? And, um, and so it connects me with, I mean, it, it, with the community of people, I can identify, I understand, I know what it is to endure, you know, loss. Mm. I know what it is to endure loss as a young child. Um, I've been able to, you know, even take that experience and, and, and help one of my daughter's friends whose brother died at a very young, you know, and, and, and be able to come to them and know what it's like to be 15, 16 years old and suffer one of the greatest losses you could ever imagine. And that was, you know, for me, my brother, and he was my best friend. We were Irish twins. Mm. And you were 15 when your brother committed suicide. He was 15. Oh, he was six. You were. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so go on. I didn't mean to cut you off. Just No, it's okay. It's, um, you know, I lived a lot of my life from that experience saying, forget you to, to any source or God, I was angry and, and all of that. And what I've learned is that you can say, forget you to source and you can be angry mm. and you can still be taken care of and kept mm. safe. Mm. And that's, that's what, what my higher power did for me. And to have those those pivotal moments be such huge turning points for me mm. was exactly what I needed to ultimately to seek my higher power, to completely surrender in in whatever was going on in my life and turn and just to to get on my knees and say I can't do this. Yeah. And so, how long were you a Marine for? I was in the Marine Corps for five years. Five years. And what were those ages? I joined the Marine Corps when I was 19. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was, it, it just seemed like a good idea at the time. 
And, Were you uh, kicking ass? <laughs> I, you know, actually, I did really great when yeah. when I got you know in boot camp. I was I did fairly well. You know, uh, you get me into an environment where it's controlled, and you know you're eating well and exercising, and and uh, you know there were moments where I was like, what have I done? Like yeah, who yeah. joins the Marine Corps? You know. Yeah. And uh, we, I mean, we were in the middle of war. My mom was like, you can't join the Marine Corps. And, and I'm like, well, I did. And, and I'm going. <laughs> How tall are you, by the way? If I remember, you're six fairly foot, yeah. six I'm foot. Six yeah. Foot. So yeah, you're, and you're, uh, you're a striking woman. And I, I say that in a, you know, you're beautiful six foot. Like I didn't look I, like your average Marine. That's for sure. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. So I can say that, you know, uh, and, and, uh, I, I did really well. I graduated with honors out of boot camp. I graduated as the guide. Um, I was promoted on my way out. So, you know, it, the Marine Corps taught me some, some life skills that, that I still use today, um, you know, in my life. They, it, it probably helped save my life. Why'd you leave the Marine Corps? I hurt my back. And oh. uh, so I hurt my back while I was in and, uh, and it just wasn't something that I could at the time, you know, there were other priorities, I'm sure, um, you know, uh, of things that were catching my eye. And so yeah. to try to rehab it or do the right thing, it just didn't seem possible. And so I ended up getting out with a medical disability and, and uh, coming back, you know, to Carlsbad and where I'm from here mm. and, um, you know, so getting a just keeping busy. Yeah. So you have one child at this point. So in the Marine Corps, I had my son, uh, okay. and, uh, I was a single mom. I okay. had him when I was 20 years old and he's 28 and a half now. Mm. And, uh, he's, he's a pretty good kid. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> honestly, it's, uh, I, I would be considered maybe like a Jerry Springer show, you know, cause I have five kids with three babies, daddies. So, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I love I, it. whatever you want to call it, you know, <laughs> that would be me. And, you know, it is what it is, but it's like, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to um, do? They're, they're all mine. They're all yours. They all so, came out of me. God bless you. <laughs> so, so tell me, when do you feel like um, chemicals, alcohol, drugs in the mix too, or yes. just alcohol, drugs? When does this like grab a hold? Do you think in hindsight, when do you think? In this, hindsight, this. Um, well, it probably grabbed a hold when I was 12. Okay. And, uh, but it was something, um, you know, I just never, honestly, I never thought that, that not, not drinking was an option. Mm. I just really didn't. I grew up around a, a family where, you know, it was just, I just grew up around a family where like quitting wasn't the solution yeah. at all. And so, um, so there wouldn't, you know, I'm lucky to say there wasn't severe consequences. Um, and, and I just lived my life as if it was like having that, that arrogance of like, this is normal. This is the way I'm living my life, you know, selfish, self-centered. I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. And it was like, get out of my way and heaven help anyone that got in my way for a long time. Mm. And, and that was me driving, right? Me, yep. me just ramming my way through the world. And I did that for a long time. I did that through a marriage. I did that, you know, through raising kids. Um, mm. 
I don't have to do that anymore today, you know? <laughs> right. It doesn't, That's we don't have thing. to, you know what? I'm going to go back to your, the profound way you said it. Um, you can always come back to where you're at right it's like hey we can that's waiting for us like like try something new and if you don't like it go back to the mayhem so what for you is christmas like do we have three baby daddies and a husband and grandkids what's going on is well, everybody christmas yeah. nowadays is is much different so uh my kids i my son is 28 and he lives up in laguna hills he just bought a house up there um last year during covid He's got a great job. And, and so I'm really proud of him. That's some huge mom moments there. Um, yes. And he's got a girlfriend and, and a dog. So, uh, and then, <laughs> you know, it's perfect. Yes. I had a lot more than a girlfriend and a dog at 28. So, you know, um, but uh, so Christmas is, you know, my daughter, my 23 year old, uh, she's her dad lives here so we share you know mm -hmm. she splits her time up accordingly obviously it gets a lot easier the older the kids are Absolutely. and I think you and I had talked about that a little there was some there was some heavy Christmases mm -hmm. um you know and so there was a lot of feelings and and a lot of things not going the way traditionally I would want them to be so tell me tell me about that like give me some examples or or well you know, it's like no one wants to have a separated household, yep. right? I mean, it's, it's tough. I came it's from tough. a separated household. So yeah. coming from a family where my parents got divorced and, and it was like, you know, maybe the parents don't really care for each other too much or, you know, it's just you got two different families and two different lifestyles and two different values yeah. and two different everything. And, and it's hard. It's, it's difficult, but it, it's even more difficult on the kid. I think so. And I think the hard part too, sorry to interject, is when we think that our our vision is better than the counterparty's vision, right? right. That's that's where the frustration can, re can really manifest. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because there was a time when um, there was a time when I had, you know, four kids and my my daughter <laughs> from so so I've got my son and then my daughter was 15 and then I had a 10 year old daughter and a five year old. So it seems so confusing to even say it all out loud. Yeah, there was a time when my oldest daughter moved to her dad's mm. and, uh, you know, I, I think you and I were touching base on that and yeah. it was not in my plan for her to go live with her dad's permanently, but I she, think she was 15 or something at the time. Right? She was 15. And, yep. and that was, um, it was, there was a lot of uh, anxiety, a lot of feelings. My daughter hated me, um, mm. honestly, you know. Mm. Uh, I was, um, you know, five years into living a new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and still, once again, the time, like, I, there was still a lot of healing that needed to transpire. Mm. And yeah. it wasn't going to happen in the household. And so mm. it wasn't, it wasn't like... Um, a vision that I even imagined my life would look like, because like, I'm a mom, I'm a Marine, you know, and, mm. uh, but I learned a lot through that situation. I learned that, you know, perhaps I had created a situation that was unapproachable, you know, because I am very, I'm very tall. I'm very, you know, people sometimes are afraid of me and my yes. kids were afraid of me you know, and afraid to have that. I, I wasn't very soft. I understand. 
I've gotten very, I've gotten a lot better, but I still yes. have a lot more to go, you know? So yes. my vulnerability in that place where my kid could come and say, Hey, you know, I really want to go live with my dad. And for mm. me to go, well, okay, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> was not going to happen, you know, <laughs> at that time. Yes. You so, know? Yes. So, um, but she did go and, uh, and, and the Christmases got better. They absolutely got better. And, and, uh, this, this Christmas was, um, uh, all my kids were here except Mm. for the, the, the older daughter, she stayed up at Washington because it was Mm. COVID and she didn't want to get on an airplane. And, and, uh, but for the most part, you know, most everyone spends the night in my house and, you know, we wake up in the morning and we do Christmas and, I don't know. It's just, it's gotten a lot more simpler. Mm. I think for a long time, there was just a high expectation of holidays of family gatherings. And I don't know if it's the age or if it's um, my kids getting older, but there's Mm. less anxiety Mm. that comes uh, through the holidays. It's beautiful. It's nice that way, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had a great Christmas as well. I, um, just more, you know, how much tension or love am I bringing to the table is how I like to think about it. And I was so much more, you know, every year, can I let go more? Can I let things flow the way God wants it to? And I, I, you know, I got this really funny comment. Um, I guess it turns out I used to be, I, I'm usually in charge of bacon and eggs on Christmas morning. And I, guess I could be it turns out I didn't even realize it but I could be a real son of a bitch when it came to the bacon like don't grab the bacon there's a certain time to have the bacon and you know and this you're year the bacon police I can yeah, see it right yeah, like you're yeah. cooking you're yes. hungry and you're like don't touch that like I want to eat it and I'm not <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly and so this year I guess I was like people were coming up and like you know, sneaking bacon. And I was like, take bacon. It's great. God's everywhere, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I just got commentary on that. It was so funny. Wow. That was awesome. You let us have bacon. Just these yeah. funny little moments, you know? Yeah. It's, um, well, I think where we let our expectation down and in, in the control, right. It's yes. like, who says you have to have, I mean, when you say that, it's like, I grew up thinking everything had to be ready before you ate, you know, yes. so, the eggs, the hash browns, the bacon, the pancakes, the orange juice, don't touch any of it. And it, half the time it'd be cold before you were done with the one anyways. And it's yeah. like, what if we just all relax and enjoy? Yes. Right? What yes. a concept. What a concept. Um, so how does, how does, I have the name of the J.B. Owen is the okay. is i guess we would call the consolidator of ignite happiness and jb owen from the research i did seems like an amazing woman um successful uh beyond <laughs> super successful business wise right um yes. but has put together this series of books Ig- ignite happiness uh ignite happiness for men um right. all these really cool books and so they're basically if i get it right consolidation of just inspirational stories yes Yes, a compilation book of different authors, right? Yeah. So in in Ignite Happiness, um, I believe there was eight or 10 uh, teenagers that wrote out of the 42 authors. 
Oh, cool. So and a couple guys in the mix too, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so does she, does she, she was the author of that book and then other authors author the other ones in the series or does she? She's the publisher. Okay. So she owns the publishing company and, and, uh, you know, I had never intended to write in Ignite Happiness. Um, that was not, that was not on my plan or my focus. And, uh, so, um, a, a weird story a couple years ago, for, for about 13 years now, I, I write a morning spiritual message. I, I've been doing it every morning, you know, before 5 a.m. or when I do my quiet time. Yep. For how um, long have you been writing it? Over 13 years okay, now. Cool. So, okay. Yep. So when you do I, your quiet write, time. I write this, but I had never, I had never compiled them. I had never saved them. It was just like, it's just through a text. And okay. uh, so a few years ago, almost three years ago, I had decided that I just wanted to save a whole year's worth. So I started saving them on my notepad. And then I thought maybe I would, you know, make some kind of like iBook or, you know, on Apple or some program. And, and a friend of mine had written in one of the Ignite books. And, uh, and so I was talking with her. And so she connected me with JB. She says, I, I think you should meet JB. And so what I did is I sent half so, of my hold manuscript. On. At this point, you've got expectations on maybe she'll let me write or you're just sort of following instructions from your friend. I mean, what's your intuition at this point? Yes, I think I would like to have a story in there or are you no, feel, feeling this, more whole? Okay, tell me. This was not even in Ignite Happiness. This was, I was showing her my my power in the pause. Okay. Even though I didn't know that was the book title okay. yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was giving her my writings and uh, to compile something like a daily inspirations book. Oh, cool. So we set up a meeting and, um, and that's when, so the meeting, I think I connected with her uh, probably February last year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and at that time in talking to her, she said, why don't you write for Ignite Happiness. I, I'm looking for a few more authors and that's how Ignite Happiness started in the middle of COVID. Yes. Wow. And so that four or five pages that you wrote, that was, how how hard was that to get out? I'm, I, anybody who happens to watch this when it, here's, the, here, here, here's your story. How, how, how hard was that to get out of you and onto paper? You know, I think that um, timing is everything, and and it was it was um, it was surreal. Actually, I mean, there was a lot going on in my life at the time. Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I had some personal things going on, and so um, I just it was a great outlet for me. You know, mm -hmm. kind of to to focus and to see how far I had come. It yeah. was um, it was a big help. I. I, I went, um, I have a house out in 29 Palms. And so my husband and I took a few trips out there and I just, I sat on the porch and, and I wrote my story looking at mm. the desert and mm. it was, it was actually a really beautiful, it was a really beautiful thing. Mm. That's amazing. So, um, for anybody, so you, you had a bottom 13 years ago a bitch slap, a God shot, moment of clarity, call it what you will. It's expressed in that story that you wrote for, um, yes. for Ignite Happiness. Tell me about that. Tell me about the bottom that you have sprung from. And let, let's say in a minute, give me the minute version of the, of the, 
of the desperation? Um, well, in the minute of the desperation, let's see, I was 36 years old and I had four kids and I was planning a wedding in July. So I was seven months away from a wedding to this man who was amazing. And, and I was literally exhausted. I was, I was, I was dying. Um, you know, uh, I was being eaten alive from the inside out. Mm. And, and I, and I just, so I, I want to say to metaphorically and literally, yes. Cause alcohol, when you're abusing alcohol and drugs, Oh, definitely. Is, and it's physically racking your body. Yeah. So I was, um, I was in the wedding dress store and trying on wedding gowns and everybody was so excited, you know, oh, you know, this is the wedding. This is great. And, and I was not, I, I walked out of that store and I had that moment, that bitch slap, that God shot. Mm -hmm. I thought you better start planning your funeral because you're going to be dead in July. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be getting married. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I walked, I walked out and I got in my car and I made a decision, um, to try something different. And I knew, like we said, I could always come back to that place of hell where I was at. I knew how to get there. Right. <laughs> Don't we all know? Like, we all know. <laughs> we know the Jaywalker story. Come on. We know the Jaywalker story. But, but I just, and, and, uh, there was like this freedom inside of me and, uh, and, you know, I sit here today, a completely changed person from where I was at in that wedding dress store, mm. but a lot of work mm. has been put into it. I, I, um, a lot of work's been put into it. So one of my favorite, I'm going to encourage anybody to go grab this book, Ignite Happiness by um, J.B. Owen. Your story starts on page 109 with a beautiful. I have intro. some if anyone wants them too. So okay, perfect. We're gonna we're gonna give everybody the opportunity to reach out and get them, get them. And this might go. We have no time limit here, and as as long as we're having fun and we're grooving, we can go. So okay. Um, but I liked the ignite action steps that are at the end of the story. Um, and so when I say I was sobbing too, I, I just like my heart opened, you know, those, I, I love, it can be incredibly unnerving for me, but, and this morning was one of those, it was like tears came and then I was like, Oh, and then more tears. And then I just felt my heart opening, opening, opening. Right. So like the Grinch. Yeah. And, and so it's beautiful. It can be horrifying. So it wasn't like sobbing, like I was devastated. It was just this, yeah. call it God. I don't know, call it, call it whatever you want. Right. And, and so I was pretty teary. And then I came to the action steps and really it turns out that I had some more, some more uh, releasing to do. Um, so there's, you know, there's talks about journaling. Um, it talks about that's ignite action step one journaling, and I'm going to skip that for the moment. There's practice 365 days of gratitude for your kids, husband, wife, some more journaling in regards to that one. The last one was the most profound for me. Addictions strain relationships. Mm. For any strained relationship issues, my kids and I had an assignment. 
my kids listed everything they hated about me, everything they were upset over, things I did when I was drinking. I wrote my own list, everything I loved about them. We sat in a room together as they read their list to me. My only job was to listen. I did not defend myself. Then I read them my list. Tell me about that moment. It's a powerful moment. Mm. Um, when the first time I did this, uh, you know, my, my son was um, probably 17, 16, 17. And, and uh, you know, I think I was a kid raising a kid you know, and, and, uh, but there was a lot of, you know, uh, there was a lot of disarray. And so, uh, so we sought some outside help and, uh, you know, a third party to sit and try to just, you know, how are we going to get along and how are we going to make this work? And yeah, and uh, are we going to find some love here? Right. And he, you know, that poor kid had been raised um, by me in the grips of my insanity for the first 15 years of his life, you know, yeah. you never knew which way the, the shoe was going to come down. Um, and so, so the assignment that our, our counselor had us do was exactly that, mm. you know, there was so much anger inside of him and so much confusion. And, you know, I, it's, um, so, so he, he had Michael write this list and, mm. uh, and I had to write my list and, mm my list is still in my phone. And, mm. uh, and so I couldn't, I, I couldn't defend, I couldn't, you know, give a reason I couldn't, I just needed to listen to it. Mm. And, and I think back to being a child growing up in an alcoholic home, how powerful is it to get to like speak and say what it is we're hurting over? Mm because I grew up where you weren't allowed to say it. Mm. Right. Yep. So I've found that I am the mom. I'm, I'm the warden, whatever they want to call me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is Janice jail. It doesn't it look like jail. Like they have me on their, their tracker is Janice jail, you know, <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but uh, you know what? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> But I'm, I, I'm a lot, you know, so, so they got to, he got to read that list to me and it just, it really shifted everything inside of me. It was everything I needed that I didn't know I needed. Mm. And our relationship changed. And, um, and then there came the time with, you know, with my daughter, when mm. our relationship was strained and that was one of the tools that I thought I offered it to her. And I didn't think she would take me up on it, but she did. And that was the beginning of the healing process for us. Mm. I, go on. Go ahead. No, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for, I mean, making it available from your life via counselor with son, daughter to paper. And look at, I read this this morning. I was like, my 19 year old and I have a good relationship, but I was like, I think there's some, some, I think an opportunity for him to talk about 
this i did some work recently where i think i've been in not i think i've been in denial about the how the chaos of in sobriety in recovery call it what you will i got divorced in so uh, married and divorced had kids all in recovery and but my son was 12 or 13 at the time when i got divorced and and when my parents got divorced, I was glad. I was like, the mayhem is finally over, right? And I was young at the time. I was six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it was. But so I was looking at my divorce through that lens and being like, ah, Cooper, the, the shifts and changes that some of them that happened in his life weren't, it couldn't have been from the divorce, right? right? And And so... I recently was like, there's probably more of a profound effect than I'm willing to admit. So I think one of the reasons that little statement at the end of your story affected me so much in a beautiful way, I was like, oh my gosh, what a healing opportunity that I can have with my to be 20 year old and a few days teen boy. So what an opportunity for vulnerability with him. So maybe I'll give it a rip and report back. I'd love to hear how it goes. I mean, I think that um, it's one of those tools that even today, you know, um, being able to open yourself up and crack yourself open and show your kids that you're vulnerable and that you love them um, is powerful. It's powerful. I, I did not know if 10 years ago, I was not cracked open. I was not very loving. I did not, those walls were not, those walls weren't down. They were just so, so built up. And, uh, today, you know, I get to be loving. Um, you know, we, we got, we found out last week, uh, my 13 year old daughter, the one that I was taking to the birthday party. So she has to have one of, she has to have two surgeries on her feet. Mm. And so it's been a challenge, you know, last month I had to switch insurance because I had one insurance that's lousy. Mm. And, uh, and so I switched insurance and took her to a specialist and like knowing that I'm doing the right thing, but I'm scared. Um, and, and so when we saw the specialist last week, he solidified and was like sooner than later. And, you know, and she's having, you know, the first surgery on Wednesday. And so, Mm. um, being able to come from a place of love and softness and compassion. And I don't have to be the, the hard, the hard ass, Mm. um, you know, and just open myself up that, you know, in all actuality, you know, where I learned that from Yes. was from my daughters. Yes. I learned, I learned that like, I've learned how to be a mom and mother from Mm. my older daughters Mm. because they've, they've like helped nurture me through, through some Mm. surgeries that I've had. So it's kind of like, it goes in full Mm. circle and um, it's amazing, you know, that, that, that I get to, I get to take care of my 13 year old daughter. Mm. I'm terrified, right? (laughs) Of course. So terrified, but, uh, but I get to be the mom that, that I wish my mom would have been, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, coming out of my divorce and, and, uh, and all that. And, you know, it took me a good six or seven years to really 
comprehend the full nature of my wrongs, I guess is how I would say that, right? Like there was always a little bit of victimhood in there. And I think from the outside world, anybody would say, oh yeah, on balance, the other party was perhaps enough crazier than, as long as perception was there, then I could play victim. So it took to a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. But so finally I was able to get to that point of complete nature of my wrongs. I got to, you know, apologize, make amends to Don, who we just have an amazing relationship today. Um, but part of that process was apologizing to my team. <laughs> 17, the 17 year old boy, right? Who's very much like myself in that uh, we do not like to give ground oftentimes. And so to be like, hey, Cooper, I prejudge what you say. I assume the worst oftentimes, like in just going down the list and, and like giving, like, it's almost like, Hey Cooper, here's the sword. Right. You know? just... Yeah. And, uh, that was a transformative day for him and I, I can tell you that he did not, he did not take the sword and stick it in. Although <laughs> God bless him. If he no, will, we always, we always think that they will though. That's our yeah. first thought, but yeah. really ultimately there's nothing more powerful. I have found there's nothing more powerful than losing my shit and sobbing in front of one of my girls mm. and letting them know that, you know, it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to be let down or disappointed. Yeah. And, and if I like, sometimes, you know, it's, I'm told that, I would be looked at as like someone that's very strong and I'm not that strong. <laughs> so to let my kids know that is, is more powerful than anything. That's when yes. God gets to come and swirl around us mm. and takes over. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so you write your story for Ignite Happiness. And then uh, within that story writing for the book, uh, JB says, Hey, now let's talk about, uh, your daily reflections or what have you, or how does that, how does, so you wrote a book called power in the pause. Yes, there it is. It's beautiful. Right it made it, it made it. Well, it's still, there's oh. a whole bunch of them coming across the water, but okay. yes, I, I may have a few. Um. <laughs> so power in the pause and, yeah. um, so how does, so you have an idea percolating, hey, so you, for a few years, you, you, first intuition is, oh, maybe I'll start saving these things that I'm writing. And then somewhere within then and now you're like, oh, maybe I could put this together for something. And then you show it to JB, you write a story for Ignite Happiness and fill in the blanks for me. So, um, yeah, it's, I, sometimes I feel like it's still settling in. It's like that this is, I mean, in a way I'm like, wait, I may not remember everything that I wrote, right? Yes. Because this is pretty much 2019. So if you were on my text thread in 2019, 2019 was saved aside from a few that I pulled out and replaced with 2020s or, yeah. you know, in going through the editing process. So I send this to her and she says, Great. And so then she connected me with Andy and Andy's an editor 
and Andy went through my writings and we went through them one by one and just kind of if a word needs to change, you know, and and you'll find this funny. So um, so it's published by GNSM, right? Um, oh. In spirit of keeping in the anonymity part, because when you look at it, you'll understand, right? Yes. So um, so there was a lot of stuff that was pulled out from uh, some anonymous literature. Yes. And uh, and so um, so there was a there's the uh, I can't think of the word uh, where you need to get permission. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I need the copyright permission. Yes. So I yes. needed to get permission and and or change the verbiage from the quotes, you know, specific quotes that I had pulled out from other people's literature. Yes. But like my first thought was like. Oh, they're never going to, like, I thought, I thought, like, my first thought was, no, I'm not even going to ask for permission, right? That's crazy. <laughs> yes. So I started, like, in May and June of last year, I started trying to rewrite every single one of my messages. Versus, by the way, I love this, versus just asking for permission. Versus so just beautiful. Asking, right? Let's redo <laughs> the whole thing, right? <laughs> Oh my God, it's so it's, beautiful. I don't know. Go on. <laughs> and, and so, you know, in the midst of that, there's like this unsettledness. And I think that that would be, there's the intuitiveness inside e each of us, right? And so like there was this unsettledness and, and so it just kind of got put on the pause. And, and, um, and I remember uh, having, I, I was down at the beach camping at, at Del Mar Beach with my kids and it was summertime and COVID and, and a friend of mine came and, and I had her kids and we were sitting and, and she used to be an English teacher and I'm talking to her about, you know, my, my situation and she said, why don't you just ask? And I was like, what, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like what a concept, what like, a concept. I'm taught it was mind-blowing like I know <laughs> I was sitting on the beach Camp Pendleton she's in her beach chair I'm in mine the fire's gone and why don't you just ask and I was little like go little gotcha <laughs> oh okay so I did I and of course I just knew that they were going to say no of course right? yes and and so I went and I submitted some paperwork um, to New York and asked for permission and, and, and I was granted permission, you know? And so, so then what do you was have? That a, was that a hard process or no. was it pretty cut and dry, straightforward? It, it wasn't really. I mean, I had to submit my work and submit a letter and tell them what I was doing and, okay. and all of that, but it wasn't as difficult as what I had made it out to be. Yeah. And I didn't want to, there was no way that I felt comfortable in publishing this without, you know, I'm a, I'm a Marine. It's like, I'm militant. Like, I don't just <laughs> do stuff and like, you know, and like beg for forgiveness <laughs> later. Like, I don't, this doesn't work. I like to follow the rules <laughs> for the most part. For right? the most part. When, yeah. when. <laughs> I mean, I've been a rule breaker, but <laughs> yeah. I try not to be a rule breaker anymore. <laughs> so what's the turnaround time on this? You send the first email. All right, I'm going to ask. And then. Well, ironically enough, the gal that's in charge of it was getting ready to retire. 
so she was very eager to like get my stuff and like get it taken care of and and submit all this the paperwork and then turn around and have me my blessing because she was retiring and so you know i don't know is that odd is that god is that Mm. you know like um we're right where we're supposed to be in the exact time and i don't know maybe maybe someone will try it and they'll be like that's the worst experience ever i've been waiting for six months and they'll be like damn it janice like lied you know but it was it was my experience and then just you know going through you know for the most part all of these and um yeah, it's uh, working with JB. She's so creative and very like, you know, my, the book is, is colorful. Mm. I didn't pick out the colors. I'm not, I'm, yes. I don't know how to create like that, the color, you know, yes. I just know what I like and I know what I don't like. Yeah. So she was perfect for me to mm. this book, you know, she was perfect for me and power in the pause. Mm. That's amazing. Um, I, um, I'm curious as you, so I do these podcast episodes. This is going to sound really weird, but indulge me for a moment. So I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm three weeks behind. So I record this now on whatever date we have, uh, the 17th of February. Right. And so probably won't be published for a month at least. And so it's the same thing. I, so I drop a interview every Friday and then the six days in between, I, I publish my pontification your version of (laughs) of your daily of your daily reflections um but the so i get to record it and then come back to it three to four weeks later and i find myself very entertaining and this is but i'm like oh my god this is really often sometimes horrifying but a lot of times funny or or insightful or or i can learn i'm in effect learning from myself right And so I was like, I wonder what's your experience as you went back and looked at those where you're like, oh my God, I was so smart that day. day. (laughs) Every day. I'm like, there's been moments and I've been reading it every day and I'm like, wow, I wrote that? And then there's days where I'm like, damn, I'm good, you know? And then there's days like, oh, like I'm like this little naked girl, you know, yes. like, I just let it all hang out oh and now it's gosh. in print, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of feeling and, and I think to turn it, to come full circle, right? Yeah. If I'm not connected to source and I'm not doing what I need to do in the morning, then something like this is terrifying and it can rock me the wrong way. Yeah. And and that's where it's most important that I just keep myself anchored to my higher power and, and just trust that he has me here, Mm. you know? Yeah. So beautiful. Um, I want to read the dedication. Okay? Okay. So the book, uh, let me hold on one second. Uh, t- tell me, so tell me the exact name and how you're authored on it. Uh, Power in the Pause is the name of my book. It's a daily inspirations. It's a path towards change, and it's under Janice M. Perfect. And um, 
this is, you know, my website is, is up. And if you were to go on my website, which is www.sobrietyrocks365.com, it'll tell you when you hit the purchase now, it'll tell you coming March, 2021. Yes. yes. So, uh, I'm still, you know, I'm so, uh, I'm an amateur. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not this, you know, uh, fabulous, marvelous professional who has it all figured out. <laughs> like we're going to figure it out together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I have to try to, you know, not take myself too seriously. Whoever's supposed to have the book will have the book and, and just kind of try to move, move towards that. You know, mm. uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. very definitely interesting. All right, here's the dedication. I dedicate this book to the women and men who came before me, who selfishly loved me until I could love myself, and who gave me their most precious commodity, their time. So tell me about that paragraph. Well, I think that, um, that it doesn't much matter about like the gifts or the money or you know anything i've learned that the most precious thing that i can give to anyone is my time and i still struggle with it you know with my kids to be like fully present um i have a you know it's but the the people that that helped me mm. when i was i was i was like a i was like a wild monkey Mm. I was just, I was, I was, I didn't know how to do anything. Mm. And I had people come into my life that when my baby was sick and going to be up all night, they would come sit with me mm. and no one had ever done anything like that. Like it, they gave me their time. Mm. They were just present and, and always there. Yeah. I, well, I would say, I mean, what struck me is I've got to see a bunch of your journey and I've been through the journey myself. And I know that the time that was committed to me that given to me selflessly when I first rolled into recovery was like, I was a project that needed some time. <laughs> so I was looking at that paragraph from that angle. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like you people selflessly gave you some time. I was annoying and intolerant i mean i was i was like i was just a a little kid i was just a hot mess i mean i just had no no stabilization and and so my higher power put specific people in my life to help stabilize me and and to let me know i was going to be okay and to encourage me to not give up and to encourage me to keep going on and and it was like you know i still have those people in my life today and it's never those that i think it should be mm. right that yes. encourage me that you're okay you're you know god's got a plan for you yeah. and uh and they they're here like i know i'm not alone in anything that I do. Mm, it's beautiful. Thank you for that. To those who still suffer, I say, don't give up. If you're breathing air, there's hope. Keep coming back. Love yeah. that. Yeah. To my husband, Tom, 
you have sacrificed much so that we can live a life surrounded by recovery. Thank you seems inadequate. So instead, I will say, I love you. Mm, tell me about sort of the last 13 years and, and how, tell me, like, like, obviously, there's something in that paragraph right there. Well, um, so I, uh, it takes a lot for somebody to, um, to tolerate the person that's supposed to be the most important person in their life and them giving themselves to others. Mm. Um, it, 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 being married takes a lot. Like we can probably <laughs> talk for hours on that, you know? Yes. Um, so, so to say, you know, I just, there were some pivotal moments. Um, I've been with my husband and I have been together for 20 years and, okay. and it hasn't always been, you know, rainbows and unicorns, you know, there's, there's been challenges and, and, uh, you know, uh, we drank together and, and then, um, and then he, he got sober before me and, uh, he put the drink down and, and as a survivor of, of, uh, addiction, you know, as a survivor of losing all of his siblings to addiction. So, mm. so I think that he knew that there really isn't any other choice, mm. right? So there's like this arrogance or, or not, I don't know what the word is that you want to use because like when someone you love has a terminal disease and, and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a way to, uh, to arrest that disease. Right. But it requires that you get less time with them. Then, uh, then you have to be a certain kind of person or have a certain kind of faith mm. that it's going to come back tenfold. Mm. If does that make sense? So, it does. so it's really, it's been a, it's been a challenge. And, and so, um, being able to, uh, to have um, a community come into our home at all times of the day, all times of the night, um, all anytime, like women and children and, you know, parties and all of that. Like my husband has never said no. He's never put his foot down and said, you know, no. Mm -hmm. And I, and I commend him for that. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know where I would be had he had that happened. Mm -hmm. Thank you. God bless Tom. Yeah. We love God Tom. God bless Tom. We love Tom. <laughs> and to my five kids, Michael, Brooke, Morgan, Madison, and Thomas, it is my living amends to you to continue growing into the mother God intended for me to be to you, to always show up when you need me, and to do whatever it takes to stay sober one day at a time. It's beautiful. I love you all so much, Mom. Anything you want to say to your kids? The kids are amazing. Um, my kids get to have a sober mom today. Mm. And, uh, and my kids get to have a mom that reaches out to them. And I think that's important. Um, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're waiting for their kid to call them and tell them that they love them, you got it wrong. It doesn't mm. work like that. Like it's my job as their mom to let them know I'm proud of them and to let them know that I love them and to let them know that I'm thinking of them and to let them know that they're the most important person in the world. Mm. And I think sometimes selfishly, like I want them to take care of me, but that's not their job. 
Right. Not their job. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. So it's, it's just like, I'm on a text thread with my bigger kids and they're amazing, like literally amazing. And I don't know if they'll struggle with, with the similarities that I've had, you know, and, and genetics or not. But what I know is that they love me and I love them and they feel safe to come to me and tell me stuff that I don't want to know. (laughs) Definitely. And, and they know that the, they know that they know to show up Mm -hmm. and, and they know to show up for each other. And it's just, it is, it blows my mind. Like, I feel like I'm having an outer body experience when I'm, when I'm around my kids, because growing up, I lived in a house where we were envious of each other and we weren't nice to each other. Like, you know, we picked or, or put each other down. And that's not what, that's not what the the community of people I found, that's not what I've been able to teach my kids over the last 13 years. Um, They show up and, you know, uh, my daughter who's having surgery on Wednesday, my 23-year-old is in Washington, and um, she's flying in on Tuesday because she wants to be here for her sister, but she wants to be here for me, too, and her, her sister doesn't know she's coming, and then my other daughter is flying in on Friday, so it's like I have these, these daughters that they just, they show up, and oh when I was gosh. that age, I wasn't showing up, mm. right? I was incapable yeah. of showing up, so... I, it's just, if you have kids and you're waiting for them to come show up for you, it's, you got it turned around the wrong way. It's beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, Janice, uh, great little quote here. I'm not sure which bit of your writing I plucked it from. The more I let go, the bigger my life got, which is an action as we talk. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So tell me, I'm looking at this beautiful space that you're sitting in. What is that? What do we have going on here? Oh my God. This is the soul shed. This is amazing. Um, this is, uh, this is, um, a surrender, right? When you, like you said, we were talking about in the beginning of the show, when you get to that place where you're just in so much pain mm. and, um, you know, uh, I've always had like a special spot where I do have coffee with my higher power. And, you know, it used to be in the garage. I'd smoke a lot of cigarettes and, you know, um, and it's just kind of, you know, morphed into. And last, uh, last January, um, there was some changes that happened with me and, uh, and my prayer spot, which was upstairs was no longer available to me. Um, (laughs) I had a hip replacement and I was downstairs and, and you couldn't walk up the stairs anymore. Is that what you're telling me? I could not get up the stairs anymore. (laughs) And, uh, and so I had a friend of mine, you know, I thought I have to figure out something. I have to figure out someplace. I need to figure it out. And, uh, and this was a shed, um, Mm. what I'm in it's, this was all the kinds of crap that you have when you're a family of seven, it was full of just crap stuff just in here messy you know lawnmowers and (laughs) and 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 my friend uh carmina 
was over for Super Bowl and we're like walking through the house trying to figure out a spot for my prayer spot. And she was like, what's that? And I said, oh, that's the shed. And she goes, take me out there. And so we came out and she goes, this is it. Mm. And I thought, <laughs> I wish I could show you a picture. It was like, yeah, not it. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, I'm and, looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And just the energy and the peacefulness and, you know, you're radiant within. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just, it became a, a labor of love and, and a higher power. And, and I just started unloading the shed an mm. hour at a time mm. and, uh, and then putting it together piece by piece. And this is what, you know, ironically enough, this is what happened. And then COVID hit and I had my <laughs> own special spot yes. to come and be when my kids were all in the house. Yes. I, it's amazing. Um, I think I saw on your website somewhere as I was prowling through it earlier, it looks like you might be sort of uh, embodying some coaching or something like that as yes. well. Or Yeah, awesome. So real quick, um, just tell me about that. So that's all I have. Um, so I have this branding, right? And, you know, this is where I told you, like, I'm the amateur. So yes. believe you me, um, I, it's, it's so, I, I don't know, I don't know where this is going, except for I know that, um, I know that I have a gift. Yes. And I know that I'm connected. Yes. And I know that for some reason, people like to be accountable to me. I don't know why, but yes. for some reason, they like the accountability and they have this fear that they're going to let me down. I don't know where that goes, but it comes. And right. so it's, it's been, you know, from somebody who has crawled up and out and has completely transformed her life. I want to help people completely transform their life. And I really believe it all starts back to that morning time. That's the most important thing that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, because if I haven't spent my time tapping into a power greater than me, to whatever my source is, whatever you want to call it, whether it's the ocean, whatever, it doesn't even matter. But if I haven't turned my will over and taken that action, I'm lost. Like, I'm just running the show. And I've already seen what can happen when I run the show. <laughs> It's, it's never good. It's never good. Hey, so, uh, go ahead. Sorry, no, go. So the whole coaching thing, you know, it, it gets kind of confusing. And I'll just say it because I don't even, it doesn't, it, it may sound silly or not, but it's like when you get into this environment, so becoming a published author and working with a coach mm. and, you know, you get in the stream, like um, I took this course, become a speaker in 60 days. Like I love speaking. I love when I get to go and I get to share my experience, strength and hope, like yes. wherever, because I have a passion and it's like, yes. you know, this isn't like my life isn't about, you know, crawling in a hole. I still have difficult days. You know, life still gets lifey, but I still wake up and I still seek my source. And so when you get into that, that was, there was like, you need to make these courses and you need to do this. And, and what I'm here to say is that maybe you don't always have to have a course yeah. because I'm like the cliff note kind of gal. I'm not the person <laughs> who, if you say, read this manual and fill it out, the garage door shuts. 
I mean, and maybe I'm one percent of the whole population, but the right. garage door shuts, and and it's like I don't want to sell someone a book, uh, like a pamphlet. I don't want to. Like, it's not a course. It's yeah. like you know, taking action. And how do you take that action? We just yeah. do it one action at a time. I love it. It's so good. Thank you so much. I um, so I'm so glad that you uh, wrote your book the power and the pause and that I stumbled across your um, Facebook post and then was inspired to send a, uh, a DM, I think as the kids call it to uh, see if you would be interested in, uh, in, in joining me and, and you have, and it's beautiful and I'm inspired as I always am whenever I see you. So they can find you at sobrietyrocks365.com where they can order your book. They can see about your coaching, pre-order your book, which is on a ship as we speak from some faraway land. Power in the Pause, Daily Inspirations, A Path Toward Change by Janice M. And I love you. And um, let's just officially hit stop here. And then we can chat for a second after All I hit right. stop. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending time with me today. As someone who is committed to growth and service to this world, I so appreciate your willingness to come with me, go within, and serve our world through change. If you found value in this podcast and you know someone who can use this message, share this episode with them. Share it so our mission can be achieved one episode at a time. And of course, subscribe so you can hear more. And lastly, for more resources on what has helped me on my journey and can help you on yours, go to belove.media forward slash resources. That's B-E-L-O-V-E dot media forward slash resources. Thank you again for listening.